All right, welcome back to Orlando Out of Context. I'm Brian. And I'm Stephanie. So today we are here uh, with Chef Mike. Chef Mike, pronounce your last name for us. Colantes. Colantes. It's Spanish. I was just going to say, so... <laughs> but I'm not Spanish. You're not Spanish. <laughs> so how do you how do you get a Spanish last name? Uh, you know, being Spanish? Filipino. Well, I'm a Filipino-American born, so that's where uh, some of the new, the new concepts came, came about. Um, Philippines is such an interesting place because it's been basically conquered by everybody. Uh, so the the mix of cuisine is from like Malaysian to spit like a lot of our uh, words are in Spanish, uh, and then you know the American influence coming in from uh, when we were back th- with them as well. So it's like a melting pot. Oh, hundred percent. We are yeah, a complete melting pot of Asia. Let me ask you a quick question. So. We're here on site at one of your restaurants, and I see, like, your staff here addressing you by chef. Is that, like, a cultural respect thing, like, in the culinary world? Uh, like, you would call a doctor a doctor? I, I think it's just, I always tell them, I call everyone chef in all of my operations, because half the time I'm moving so fast, I forget your name. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess it's it's out of, you know. It doesn't matter so what restaurant you're at, as long as you say chef, you, you got yeah, to cover your name. Even my, my marketing guy, I'm like, hey, chef. And they're like, I'm not a chef. I was like, ah, it's okay. Because I've watched, uh, have you ever watched the movie Chef? Yes. It's a yeah. very good movie. I love it a yes. lot. And it really taught me a lot. Well, it gave me an eye into culinary culture. And you see people in the movie, like, they talk about different positions. Like, oh, I was offered sous chef or, like, I'm mm-hmm. the chef at the restaurant. And it's it seems to be, like, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm just status. so used to it now. You know, I've been doing this for over 20 years or 18, 20 years. Um, definitely, yeah, you know, you just get used to it. I, even getting young guys in, I... Right from the first time they come in the door, I call him chef. We have one guy, he's like, please don't call me chef. I'm not there yet. I'm like, <laughs> you work in my kitchen, you is. And you, you is. And you, <laughs> so you got, you know, and it's it's almost like holding someone to a level of uh, not just respect, but also like if I say that you're a chef, you better start right. acting. It's like a like, mindset, you yeah, know? Yeah, 100%. So, between um, the difference between but we don't a take chef it and a cook. If someone calls me Mike in the kitchen, I don't care. It's, it's okay. I don't care. So Chef Mike is the creator of now what has quickly become the really the Taglish Collective. Right, right. Restaurant, Taglish Collective Restaurant Group, I suppose, I guess. In, in under a year, we're getting into our third operation, going into four and five new stores That's crazy. afterwards. You're Moving and grooving, even through COVID. You say forget COVID. Yeah, yeah. We I'm opened our first one. Blaze during COVID. my trail. Yeah, it, I we, like we that. Did, uh, right before COVID, we we opened in uh, November 2019 with our first operation. Wow. Uh, in a Korean supermarket on the edge of town right before COVID. What could go wrong? <laughs> hey, at least you're in the supermarket, so they stayed open, right? Absolutely. That was actually one of the, the great things is everyone had to close down the, at least for at least a week or two during uh, what we were figuring figuring it out. We were able to stay open um, and just abide by the different restrictions. But it was, it was great because we were one of the only places open they could right. go to. But we definitely got hit in the very beginning before everyone else. A couple months before... Uh, you know, the the coronavirus uh, really came from from China, and, and so there was a little bit of a fear aspect to it, and, and we got hit pretty early on, which also helped us to, um, I think, reinvent ourselves continually. So that leads us to the name of your first restaurant, which is Taglish. So what does Taglish mean? Uh, Taglish is the un... Uh, it, 
it's the language of the Philippines, I suppose. Uh, usually you'll have now pretty much everyone speaks English in the Philippines uh, primarily, but uh, it is that mix of Tagalog, which is our main dialect. Uh, out of the thousands of islands that we do have, there's so many different dialects, but this was the main one, and English. So we thought, how do we represent people like, well, this isn't Filipino food, and this isn't, f- or this is fusion, and what we're doing. But I really think it's a second generation perspective. My parents came here with the American dream, and uh, we're here uh, as a byproduct of that. So what Taglish is for me is that Filipino-American culture. There are things on our menu that are very Filipino. There's things that are very American with a Filipino twist, but that's who we are as a generation. So where did you grow up? Uh, when everyone asks, because they're like, oh, who's a Filipino back there? I say, I am. And they're like, where are you from? I'm like, New Jersey. <laughs> what part of the Philippines? New Jersey side. Um, so from Jersey originally, when my parents uh, migrated here from the Philippines, uh, my mom went to NYU. So she's been here for a long time. And um, we came down to Florida. And I grew up here in Orlando. Went to Winter Park High School. Went to Valencia oh, wow. for culinary school. I always tell people we opened that pizza spot, one of our new spots, and I'm like, yeah, I graduated from Sabaro's Fashion Square Mall. What's up? You know, <laughs> I know pizza. So I was like 16 or something. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely consider Orlando home. Um, went to Valencia. I got to do a commencement speech uh, a, a couple years back to the new class graduating. So that was really fun for me uh, to see you know, my old chefs from there. And to hear that, yeah, I'm still cooking. I'm still trying to do something in the culinary world. Um, but yeah, started there, Wolfgang Puck, um, over at Downtown Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great experience for me as a young chef. I was a head sushi chef at, uh, I think I was 21 at the time. Wow. And traveled the country with their restaurant group and opened up a few spots, did Tennis US Open. So it was a great experience at That's 21. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. A lot of... Uh, People put a lot of faith in me at a young age, which was nice. Yeah. So um, you went to school here. Uh, you went to Valencia? Yeah. So did you 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 learned your craft at Valencia? Yeah, or I you did. Started uh, right culinary there? school, I think, yeah, culinary school is a point of contention for a lot of people, but I believe it still set a lot of foundations uh, for a young, young person to just say that they completed. Um, it was great for me. So did you go right after... Right out of high school. school. Right out of high school. So where did you work when you were in high school? Oh, man. I don't even want to go (laughs) there. Because, you know, most most teens, their first job is, is in some sort of, like, fast food or restaurant. Mine was a a pizza restaurant washing dishes. Come on. That's it. And I worked at a hot dog shop. Oh, I want to do a hot dog place so badly. Oh, see, we're with Steph's ready. Already on to the next idea. Yes, you know, you, you got moving and grooving. Let's go. We'll do one together. Um, yeah, uh, during culinary school, I said I was in Sobaros. <laughs> I just liked how instant gratification worked with culinary. You, you can you put a product out, you see the enjoyment. You know, it's instant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at California Pizza Kitchen for a little bit, and then uh, Wolfgang, like I said here, those are really like where I cut my teeth, I suppose. And then I realized that the world is so big, especially in culinary, so mm-hmm. I wanted to fine dining. And uh, Have I, you ever cooked internationally? In it, well, I got grounded. The moment that I was supposed to go international, I got grounded, and we'll get to that in a okay. second. It's uh, a little sad, but uh, you know what? Everything happens for a reason. Right. I was actually at Wolf. Um, I went to Las Vegas. My best friend lived there from high school, and we went to work at Joel Robichon which was like a three Michelin star restaurant, fine dining, French. They literally only speak to you in French during the service. Wow. It was very rigorous and intense. 
stayed there for over two years. It was the only three Michelin star restaurant in Vegas at the time. So, um, you know, you're not learning... You're not being creative there. You're there to learn that food, which was amazing, and it really set the discipline for the rest of my career. Mm -hmm. uh, I took a job after that to Muguritz in Spain. At the time, it was the number two restaurant in the world mm -hmm. uh, in San Sebastian. And, uh, you know, with dreams of international, just staying yeah. in Europe for the next couple of years and, and traveling around. But uh, I left Robichon with a two-week hiatus here in Florida. They had a kitchen fire in the midst of this. Very sad for them. And then mm -hmm. I got grounded and ended up staying in uh, staying in the States okay. for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So what about Orlando made you want, like after you've seen and been over opening all these restaurants with Wolfgang Puck and being international, like what made you say like Orlando's the place that I want to like put the roots for my career uh, I I don't know it's Orlando is still always home I, you come back and you get out of that airport and you feel the humidity and the first thing <laughs> and I say to myself every time I was like I hate this but I love this this is yes. home you know that exactly first waff of just terrible yes. <laughs> waff is the word too wafting of um, of steam have right? you seen that meme where it's like a picture of um, you know where you stand on the curb to wait for your yeah, ride yeah, and it's cream. like you know when you're at Emco, like when you know what this picture and, yeah. smells like and feels like. <laughs> exactly. No, it's it's exactly that. And uh, I did some more traveling after that. I was in Philly with Jennifer Carroll, who was my mentor, who was on Top Chef multiple seasons. I think she just finished uh, last year's Top Chef season as well, and uh, ended up back in in uh, Vegas working for Masa Takayama. From there, my wife and I met my wife, got married, went to Hawaii for a couple of years. So that oh, was nice. really, um, I don't know why I left Paradise, but Paradise is expensive. <laughs> Have, you huh? Have you been to Alani? Yes, yes. Oh, I want to go so bad. Yeah, Alani is great. We were in Oahu. Uh, the cooking scene is phenomenal there, um, but you are on an island. and it's Yeah, like you said, it's expensive there. It's expensive. But as it, you know, I, I had a great opportunity to run my own restaurant. It just wasn't the right partnership. It didn't work out but uh i'm gonna stay <laughs> why not stay for a couple extra years right but we did get homesick and um we miss it we miss florida when we decided to have kids we decided to come back gotcha yeah so what do you think as we get into talking more specifically about the your current projects in orlando what do you think about orlando that makes it an ideal city to open a restaurant or create a collective in your case absolutely is it ideal I, think I don't it's know. Ideal is for it? us. Yeah. Uh, our situation, right? Um, it was ideal during COVID. Everywhere closed. During COVID, we decided to open a fine dining restaurant uh, because you can't travel. And wine, it really changed the mindset of how we operate. But uh, Orlando was a whole when we decided to come back. I think it's been almost uh, five years now. Uh, we just were like, wow, Orlando got so cool. And there's so many amazing chefs who left and came back or rose up the ranks and information is so uh, readily available now rather than back then mm -hmm. when you got to pick up a book about right. some chef or uh, culinaire and um, it's just now you, information moves so quickly that everyone really caught up Orlando caught, caught up really fast mm -hmm. we always say Orlando's up and coming but I feel like Orlando, we want to be part of the generation that Orlando's here and we're creating it and being part of the growth of the hospitality and restaurants beyond the Mickey Mouse you know? right 
So awesome. um, that was really for us. We, yeah, yeah. We just saw the growth of it. And then during COVID, we just pivoted what that looks like. What do you think uh, in terms of uh, like culture and like food critics? How is Orlando different than, let's say, Las Vegas or even in New York or maybe Philadelphia, too? Yeah. I like that Orlando's not as critical. I, I think there are our diners are getting smarter and younger and well more well aware of what's around and what people are doing there so why not why do you have to travel to new york to get that experience Mm -hmm. why um why do we have to dumb down the food for our you know for the people and and not that it was before but i feel um we could really push now right we could put sweet breads redevote beef cheeks on the menu and people don't even bat an eye uh, so it's really exciting to uh, just find your own little niche in the city of what you want to do and, and the support's there. Yeah. Yeah. So Taglish. Taglish. So it's been really just just over a, what, just over a year, maybe a year and November a half. 2019, so a year and a half. Our first restaurant in a Korean supermarket coming from the... I hate to say, you know, pedigree, oh, pedigree. But yes, I have pedigree. I've been to places. I've worked for, for some very, very nice and talented chefs. And now I have a 357-square-foot box in a supermarket on the edge of town uh, serving Filipino food and sous-vide pig heads uh, overnight and marinating pork bellies for three days, which is not how you grow a restaurant fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you do fast casual, right? Doing slow food in a fast casual situation. Well, um, I had it last night because awesome. I hadn't had it, even though I. Had, I did too. I had it had too. Had to do your homework. <laughs> Stephanie had it too. Uh, I brought it home last night, um, and it, everything that I had was really good. Oh, good. What did you guys have? Uh, so we had the Tito's sandwich. Okay. Yeah. Tito uh, means uncle in. in Tagalog. Okay. Oh, Philippines, there we yeah. go. Which That's isn't so that like Uncle Boy? Uh, it's funny because uh, usually you'll, in every Filipino culture uh, family, there's always a, a Tito boy or a Tita baby, which is a uh, you know one of your aunties is called baby, and one of your <laughs> <laughs> there's always one. So I have a question about the banana ketchup. Banana. So ketchup. I grew up in Pittsburgh, birthplace of the Heinz ketchup. Yes. So you know I take ketchup pretty seriously. The ketchup it's, gate. Yes. It's if my it's number not one. Con- it's my probably yes. my number two condiment, honestly. Uh, and I I didn't try the banana ketchup, but I saw it on the menu. So explain I, yourself. Explain that's basically yourself. what. Yeah. Yeah. You just <laughs> mic just mic drop me right now. Um, so ketchup was uh, brought to the Philippines by the Americans during you know the World War uh, two I believe and it got you're welcome yeah <laughs> we're very very appreciative <laughs> uh, but it was hard to come by so what they did was made our own concoction out of bananas so the sweetness with some sourness from vinegar and I believe uh, the coloration is from uh, anato so we use anato really um, so basically, there's no ketchup in it. It's a whole nother condiment. That's why it's spelled catsup. <laughs> okay, got it. But yeah, there's the ketchup is made. There's no tomatoes in it, but it is. Uh, I think it's still in the same process. Interesting. Yeah. So then I also had the sisig. Sisig, yeah. Sisig. So sisig is made from um, pig face, mm-hmm. pig ears, and cheeks, and all those bits. So in the beginning, like I ground wanted, up. 
No, what we do is, uh, well, we chop it up and crisp it up. Really, it's it's probably the most popular did dish that, that we have. You did not eat that. Okay. No. And uh, it's <laughs> served with beer. It's fatty, delicious, and served with beer uh, in the Philippines, sizzling like, in a plate. It's comfort food. It's a hundred percent. But it like, plays to like if you're Spanish, you know what it. You know, it's, it's so good. It's American pulled pork kind of feel to it. Definitely. We put a gooey, uh, runny egg on top. So I mean, you throw an egg on anything. It's we just okay. met Chef Mike and I, and he doesn't know that I'm the pickiest eater on the face Are of the you? earth. <laughs> and yeah, so we're really curious to see what uh, is in the pizza boxes because we're going to have pizza My palate is not fancy. <laughs> if you do not like And I do not respect... I, not, I respect all culinary things, but unfortunately, it's all wasted on my tongue. So. <laughs> <laughs> what is the craziest thing that you've eaten? Let's... Let, I'll let Brian answer Well, that. you know, <laughs> like 10 years ago, you know, she wouldn't eat shrimp. So the fact that you know, she's sitting here. I'm, I've been friends with her for 15 years. Yes. And the fact that now, you know, that she's eating shrimp is like, yeah. whoa. You know. Right, you're going to hang out with me and we're going to do a tour. Oh, Lord. Because <laughs> when, you know, when she, when she says, oh, I want to go eat somewhere. She's like, where do you want to go? And I'm like, well, no, where do you want to go? Because, you know, she's the picky one. But she's, she's so much better than what, what she was. So we, we're getting there. We're getting there. Orlando is uh I think there's just so many hidden gems. Our Vietnamese community is so big, and it's so, you know, it's regional, and going to different places, they, you know, everyone's like, why is there, you know, 15 Vietnamese places all in the same location? Well, it's all, it's regional. Everyone does it a little differently. Little different, they yeah. offer, one person does a really great bun mi, one does a really good, like, uh, pho or something like that. And um, these are the things people associate with Orlando uh, mm-hmm. one of our chefs for this place Soseki that we're uh, sitting in days before our opening our fine dining restaurant we have our uh, amazing chef who's traveled the world and I kind of had to sell him on Orlando he's like what's in Orlando <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just don't know until you, yeah. you're actually out here because I think there's that kind of overshadowing of it's just a, a tourist trap right so you put out basically a call to find a chef uh, to come here no um, well Having Soseki was a dream restaurant to do fine dining, no menus. You come, you, you, you just get taken care of from beginning to end. It's only 10 seats. Uh, we're in the entertainment capital of the world, so we say it's not really a dining, uh, a dinner, but an experience um, because the chefs cook right in front of you, not like this tempanyaki, but it's just really high-level cooking, really thoughtfully uh, thought-provoking food. And... Uh, the chef here besides Chef Denny who uh, came here two years ago worked around the town and during COVID lost his job pivoted um, his position doing pop-ups and that's how we met and started up Soseki and with my ambition to open up multiple operations I couldn't give 100% to this dream restaurant we were creating so I reached out to uh a friend of mine who we've known for we've known each other for 10 years chef cj who's worked um in all these restaurants uh, michelin starred restaurants and very uh, i have a similar background but he's been to like 100 more restaurants than i have and um you know he traveled for one year uh and works for two years in different locations all across the world and it just so happened we tricked him into Orlando and I, I hit his passport and now he can't leave. <laughs> oh, that's him over that's there? That's him over there. Hey! Propping and menu testing. So, um, we built a place that can really bring uh, a lot of talent and I feel like 
in my point in my career, not just being a, a, a chef that's behind the stove. I want to showcase what Orlando has. I want to bring more talent here. I want to, um, you know, uh, just bring different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of got ahead of ourselves a little bit because we are definitely going to talk more about uh, Soseki. But I want to know, so last night when I was at Taglish, I had the hollow hollow. The hollow hollow, yeah, shaved ice. So tell me, because I didn't really read everything that was in there. So tell me what I was having, because it was good. It's good. So tell it's, me what I was having. I wouldn't have eaten. And it. it's also it's also beautiful. It's it was wild. beautiful, yeah. It's wild. It's like having five to six different desserts in one. You have shaved ice with condensed milk. You have milk. ube ice cream made by our good friends and fellow Filipina at uh, Greenery Creamery. So the ube, it's called ube, right? Ube. Yeah. So ube is what the bun is made of on the Tito's yes. sandwich, right? Because yes. the bun is purple. The bun is purple. It's also made by our other good friends, so locally made buns, but um, by a bakery here in Orlando as well. Okay. Yeah. Who? <laughs> Shout them out. Lekki Pastry. Yeah, Lucky Pastry Chef Wen, who was at Disney for a long time and opened up her own place in the Hourglass District. Yeah, Yeah. they're right in the Hourglass um, District Foxtail there, and uh, so we try to utilize our our friends. You know, why would you do that at Fast Casual? You could just get it from a Cisco truck. Well, I think uh, again, we wanted it to be special, and we wanted every experience to be a little bit different than going. You could get a Hawaiian bun anywhere, but this is uniquely ours absolutely so then you moved on from taglish to perlas yes so i want to know before because then we're going to stop and have some but before you um before we pause i want you to tell us how do you go from uh filipino to okay i want to open up a pizza place and a sushi place, and, <laughs> and then eventually a sushi place, and whatever place, place and yeah. a hot dog place with seven Yeah, hot dog place next, twenty twenty two. I don't know. Life is long, and you learn so much. Why stick? Life to is one? long. I love to hear yeah. someone say that. Yeah, stick to one discipline. True. Yeah, it just depends on who you talk to, right? So sticking to one discipline, I knew uh, I, it, it was fun, and we saw this place, Thirsty Tofu. All the bars during COVID got hit really really uh, deeply and they closed and um, they built a space next door and said hey who wants to take this so they had 88 uh, interviews or 80 or 88 interviews come through or hey I'd love to do a concept here hey I have this concept well I said hey I don't have a concept for you Um, I want to look at the space see what what does the neighborhood need and what can we do with the space rather than just come, you know, that's how I think is I don't need to have, I have a hundred concepts. What's going to work for this space. And they were, um, we were one of the first peoples to roll up to see them. I brought, I went heavy. I brought like my crew. I brought like my, my interior designer. I brought my media guy. I brought two of my chefs. We're already going there measuring their kitchen. It's not even ours. Like, yeah, we'll knock this down. We'll put this here. That's just kind of yeah. So you know, put it on. You put it out there. We're like, yeah, this will work. And then we, we presented to them what we would do, and they, you know, chose us to do it. So from awesome. handshake to first pizza out, it was about a month and a half. Wow. That was crazy. That's so fast. And uh, like I said, Sabar, I came from the University of Sabaros, Fashion Square Mall, you know, 2000 something uh, graduate. And we just, 
uh, pizzas is one of the things that you get really obsessive. But we said if we're going to open a pizza spot and you can get Mike's Hot Honey and Pepperoni at five other locations, we're not going to do it. If you could get prosciutto with arugula, go somewhere else. I'm sure they're going to do it fantastic. Let's do something really, really weird. Okay, so <laughs> bananas and unique, on one which of leads pizzas. us to our banana pizza. So we're gonna we're gonna yeah. take a pause now and. Uh, we're going to taste some perlas. We're going to taste some perlas. we got two pies for you. we got the fungi, Mr. Fungi, which is our truffle. And we use seasonal mushrooms on, so, you, you know, utilizing all of the seasons with it. And then the next one is a banana. Yeah, that's right. Regular banana, Chiquita banana, sliced raw with uh, beautiful little pepperoni cups, uh, Calabrese peppers, and just really good ingredients. So let's see what they think. Favorite? <laughs> My favorite is that lemon ricotta. Lemon ricotta on the mushroom. Ricotta. You have to say it the right way. Yeah, you got it. It's so good. That's it. And you make it in house. Uh, Well, we just make we uh, we take um, ricotta and then we just get the lemon zest and lemon juice and yeah, of course we we chef it up a little bit. And the name of that one, that name of that pie was Uh, Mr. Fun Guy. Mr. Fun Guy. Yeah. And then I had the uh, banana. Banana and pepperoni. <laughs> Giving me so much slack about <laughs> banana ketchup here. Yes. Did you eat the pepperoni? Yeah, I ate the pepperoni. How was that for you? Uh, I feel like it was spicy. I mean, it, I, it tasted I, like that's pepperoni. That's something that I'm very, like, my mouth is very sensitive. So it's something that will set my mouth on fire. Someone else is like, oh, that wasn't spicy at all. <laughs> but I, maybe that's what the spice I'm tasting. Uh-huh. So I liked, I liked the banana on yeah. on the pizza. Uh, and you know what the, the la- over the last few, few years the debate is like, is does pineapple belong on pizza? Which I think pineapple is great on pizza. And now I think banana. I can love banana. Sweet, yeah. so, so did you like the combination? Yeah. Awesome. Our pizza. Yeah, our pizza, our our pineapple pizza is literally called Everybody Hates Pineapple Pizza. <laughs> because it is, yeah, the point of uh, no one likes it. So how, we reverse engineered it. We said, how do we make it so everyone has it? So we uh, make our own pineapple jam in-house. So we it has that sweetness. So it's not it's dull. pineapple jam? Pineapple jam. So it's basically tricking people. It is. You don't see the chunks. No, well, also, you know, you get these real, you get uh, a two-year expired can of dull pineapples at most places (laughs) and uh you know some canadian bacon and that's it so we add that we actually grab the pickled jalapenos from um taglish and we add uh, this bacon it's called nooski bacon it's one of the most smokiest applewood bacons that i've had in my career and uh so it's really that is probably more expensive than ribeye right now the bacon itself per pound is more expensive than like ribeye steak per pound and it's on it's just really really good ingredients and really thoughtfully done pizzas so yeah right now people are like what we can't make our own pizza combinations i was like I think eventually, but right now we kind of we, we want we want people to try the food as it is. Right. A lot of thought went into it. Pizzas is one of those things that you could get just really obsessed about. Different hydrations. We use di- two different flours for it. Um, we change the hydration based on the humidity of the day. Uh, yeah, so we're not just doing it like uh, Pizza Hut or Hungry so, Howie's. Um, do you have anything on the menu besides pizza? We have one salad. <laughs> One salad. That's okay. it. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know if you'd saw, you saw... You guys haven't been yeah, actually haven't, to that space yet. You, we haven't been to that space. You guys going to hang out with me over there one day? Month, right? Yeah, what, what are you, what's taking you guys along? <laughs> you know, uh, somebody in my gym was already raving about it. I 
That's awesome. So that kitchen is uh, 12 by 12. Wow. Yeah, it's someone's walk-in closet. <laughs> it's so the one. you have one employee who just pivots. We put five things. people in that wow. place. Uh, last Saturday was one of the busiest. Thank you for everybody who supported us uh, in our soft opening and waited 30 minutes for bananas on your pizza. Uh, but <laughs> it was one of the craziest. We had five people back there flipping dough, trying to you know just trying to keep up. Uh, again, they built a space without a restaurant in mind. So where I would have loved to have and everyone's like what are your ovens like uh i'd love to have a wood burning oven in there it just wasn't gonna be feasible and it couldn't fit so we have two electric ovens that go up to 750 uh we're literally putting in new ovens this week so hopefully that ticket time will come down to 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) oh absolutely how fast we could just uh, you know we we dial in all of our operations and we knew right now with the space, we, yeah, we could have six pies and a salad. <laughs> well, at least you stay within your limits. You know, that's really important. We can't be everything for everyone. And I learned that early in my career is just give them something really good. And that's if it's one, yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah. please everybody. And, and that's the same thing for Soseki is this is, we say it's a sushi bar, but it really is an experience. And uh, we can't wait for people to try this and just see a different side of cuisine, dining. So then let's move on to talk about that. So right now we're sitting in your brand new restaurant. No one's seen this. What do you guys think of the... Like, I think it's beautiful. I, I, I'm looking right now at like a whole periodic table of elements full of spices. So yes. is that like something you learn in school? Like all those abbreviations? No, like that's just really good marketing. What what you're gonna put and use? Really good marketing. Uh, it looks cool. So it looks we, cool. Uh, this is from a uh, spice merchant out of San Francisco called Spiceology. They Spiceology. are providing all of our different spice mixes to us as well as just uh, really thoughtfully done um, spices and in controlled temperatures. They also do a lot of our molecular uh, chemicals that we use for cooking like um, xanthan gum and uh, different like ultra tech starches and stuff like that well i love i love the vibe in here and right now the lights are like fully on but i could tell like when the lights are dimmed f- for when it's showtime right, right. it's gonna be really so awesome in here this is an audio medium, medium. We'll, let's explain a little bit like when you first come in it's just like a long bar so everyone's gonna be seated well you guys came in from the rear door oh this is the rear door so the other side if you come in there's this uh, really beautiful lobby it's very uh, it's very simple uh, it was purposely simple because I ran out of money um, <laughs> <laughs> which is usually <laughs> we just say it's minimalist means uh, minimalist yeah. in the pocketbooks <laughs> and then you go down this really uh, long uh, narrow corridor and it, it's meant to be very dramatic so this is the most thoughtful when we sat down with our team here we said what is the full experience of this because the, people are, are paying a pretty penny it's like going to a show how big is the umbrella how many steps does it take to get to the sushi bar where are they going to put their masks what is that experience like where are they going how are they going to experience the these are our secret drawers oh. yeah as you can and see too your phone so that you can 
experience the whole thing without so what do you think about that we were actually we were actually thinking about do you do people not put you know uh, as the experience you wouldn't go to an opera and have your phone out right yeah. uh, is that something that we would do I don't yeah, know if we would be that the uh, I, I can't leave my phone yeah but <laughs> but we need no. we need our cameras yeah, yeah so yeah. well we had this idea of basically and and please your fans let us know uh to <laughs> literally we give you a an audio a file for all of these super high-end photos that you could post on your social media okay of the space so now you get to just enjoy we are really thinking through and through of your complete experience you're spending two hours at our house at our table how can we make it as seamless as possible you know, you don't real you don't know why Disney's so great. You just know you're being taken care of and the mm-hmm. experience, the overall experience. It's, it's it's what we're doing so, here. So so tell us about Omakaze, the Omakaze experience traditionally, because it's this is kind of like a traditional experience, correct? I wouldn't say so. Omakase just means leave it to the chef. So it okay. doesn't necessarily mean uh, tasting menu or, or degustation in French or, you know, as, uh, you know, the, the tasting menu, long, large format. But it truly means leave it to the chef in Japanese. So that's why you don't really have a menu. We really just get to pick the best quality products that we could find and showcase that with also the experiences that we have as being chefs around our, uh, you know, in our past. One great thing is uh, we started Soseki as a pop-up at the Edible Education House, which is a nonprofit organization in College Park. They have a beautiful garden that they do um, teaching from. And we, they, because of that, we were able to say, hey, uh, Brad, the head gardener said, we can't give this, I mean, what am I going to make on a couple radishes to to a restaurant nothing but what they want to do is provide us with vegetables to continue their story and continue what they're doing for the orlando food scene as well and educational scene uh within food so they are allowing us to pick and grow whatever we want in that garden and utilize it just here at soseki uh exclusively i mean that's in itself is amazing people don't know you could grow things in orlando (laughs) i mean isn't that crazy i can't grow anything Dead immediately. immediately. And the growing season, as uh, I said, Chef CJ, who's traveled around the the world, our growing season's crazy. The first day, because I work really fast, the first day I picked him up from the airport, we went straight to the garden, and he's looking at this like there's bib lettuce and there's leafy greens, things that grow in summertime. Well, our growing season changes because uh, in the summer, it's ridiculously hot and humid, and you can't grow these things. So right now, this is like prime time. Spring is the best time for um, Florida and Orlando produce. So the menu is going ever-changing yeah absolutely like every week every two weeks whenever we want if we we want to close down and do uh, a ramen shop or something we can because uh, it's 10 seats whatever we want to do yeah it's really a place to be creative we are putting so (laughs) guest experience right purse hooks are going in every space has a usb and a plug i mean it's yeah it's done up Like you said, it's all about the details. All about the details, absolutely. So when is your official open date? We are actually doing preview dinners here and at the Edible House uh, this Friday, Saturday. I believe Sunday we do have extra seats available. I'm not sure when the podcast is going on. So this will air next week on Wednesday of next week. So to our listeners, the 
the kind of the preview weekend has passed. Oh, we will then we will go into our soft opening here. If you go onto our website, sosekifl.com, S-O-S-E-K-I-F-L.com, you guys can uh, get on our mailing list. We're going to send you a private link that allows you to come through, experience it before we actually go and let the the general public through to our space. So um, we just want to make sure we come correct, mm-hmm. <laughs> as they say. Yeah. So, uh, how many seatings uh, per night will there be? I believe we're going to be do uh, five nights a week, two sittings, um, certain nights. We will open it up for lunch for something a little bit quicker and fast-paced, uh, uh, about an hour, hour uh, 15. Uh, but you can expect t- uh, two hours. We don't want you to sit. I, we've... I've worked at places where it's it's a three-hour experience and your butt hurts and you want to go and <laughs> I got things to do, man, you know? But, uh, you know, I think two hours is okay. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. I, I have a, uh, we have a podcaster that we listen to, Heather McMahon, and she always talks about going to restaurants and, like, basically sitting for four hours and having, like, ten bottles of wine and 80 desserts. Oh. I'll do it. <laughs> Any chefs out there that want to invite me? Well, well, any anywhere outside of the U.S. Like I lived in Brazil for a year, so if you go to a restaurant in Brazil, I think slower. You just yeah. sit there for at least two hours. How and do you, you get anything done? And you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you have to like beg for your check, like bring me my check because I want to leave. You know, it's very. And in Europe, I think it's kind of similar in some respects, where it's like. It's a slower pace. Well, we want you guys to be uh, the the guest experience to be at the top notch and also just feel, like we said, completely taken care of. Let those two hours really settle in and experience it fully and just slow down. I, for me, <laughs> opening, I don't know how many restaurants. I, we, we're doing three restaurants in three months at this point uh, with a three-month-old and uh, <laughs> starting in, uh, 86 Media, our media company and marketing group. Uh, yeah, it's nice to just be taken care of. So I'm excited to um, come in for dinner and, uh, and take that time as well. Yeah. So is it also sort of like, uh, will the chef talk to you and like tell you, like, this is what I'm making or this is... No, you have to sit there in complete silence <laughs> with your hands on your lap. No, I'm, I'm, never, I'm uh, not fancy. No, no, it's... I'm not fancy. It, this is casual. It, it, it's as far as like fine dining, but it's... We want the experience to um you know be as educational as you want and uh there will be guests who want to ask multiple questions and guests who are just here to have a good night out i think uh this type of format as you are going to be literally in front of the chef um it, you can really cater it to what kind of experience you want Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're ready for speed round. So we try to, with all our guests, kind of cover like three topics. Okay. Uh, so you've been living in Orlando for a while. Uh, do you have any any pro tips as an Orlandoian? Like your top pro tip. So if somebody's new here, they just moved here, or maybe they're visiting, and yeah. you know they visited a lot of times, and they're kind of spreading their wings and checking out more of Orlando. Do you have like a Orlando pro tip? to kind of navigate the city. Absolutely. Pro tip number one, <laughs> do not go on I-4 at 5 o'clock. <laughs> well, actually, any time of the day, just avoid I-4 completely. You will always see one wreck. 
and uh, coming from Hawaii, I was I, I forgot how interesting Florida drivers can be. And then apparently I turned into one. Yeah. Uh, and another pro tip, get out of the hotels and resorts and go find some local food. There's amazing local chefs. We are a little bit more spread out, but you will find some diamonds in the rough in every community from College Park to Winter Park to Mills 50. There's just so much good food. You don't have to look far. Find a good forum online. Find some, un, you know, podcasts like this, and uh, really, uh, yeah, take a chance. Yeah, that's the whole goal. When we started podcasts, we said we want people to think of Orlando out of the context of theme parks, McDonald's, Universal, mm-hmm. and see. We respect those events. things, but yeah. there's so much more. Absolutely. I mean that that is the bread and butter of Orlando, and. I have kids and I love going out there and being taken care of in a different way. Uh, but there is so much more out there um, beyond that. And there are also great restaurants there as well. But uh, there's some local chefs doing some amazing things. Luke's Kitchen, who just got best restaurants uh, in Orlando. Uh, Chef Tiger from Taste of Chengdu, who's doing amazing Szechuanese food. Uh, the list goes on. Yeah. 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 Okay, so the next one up is outside of the realm of food and restaurants. What is your, like, top or suggested experience, something to do in Orlando? Like, now that you have kids, outside of parks, too, like, we're not going to focus too much on parks, but what do you you like to do in town outside of food? I don't don't do anything else. He's like, uh... (laughs) Open more restaurants. Uh, God. You know, for we always say it's entertainment capital world, and every weekend my wife and I are like, "What are we doing today? <laughs> what are we doing?" We just we love to eat, so we just go out and eat. But that's how you can just hop on our page, on our TikTok page. That's it. Just do a that's what we're gonna do. We'll do a little swipe, swipe up and see what's up. Whatever your thumb lands on. So you tell me, what do I need to do? Oh, speed round calls to you. Well, I mean, I think that um, we have. I think downtown's great. I think that Lake Eola... Even just to take a walk around... It's great. Eola. And Love I think... The weather's been really amazing lately. Uh, There's a, a, yeah. some cute wineries, bars, breweries uh, right around Lake Eola. We did a strawberry yeah. festival this past weekend I've, with I've the kids. I've never been to and a strawberry got festival. got sunflowers. It was, it was so fun. I've been wanting to go. I was you have to, to go yeah. This time. Yeah, get out to Claremont and... Uh, and then right here, we're in Winter Park, so like... And I grew up in Winter Park when, when we moved here, so the boat ride. I love, oh, I yeah, love to take everyone from out of town. I take them on the boat ride. It's yes. so fun. Same boat tour. Mm-hmm. got to do it now, though, before it gets... Ridiculous. Yeah. 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 That's my pro <laughs> That's the pro <laughs> Don't go out uh, during summer. When I lived in Vegas, like, you, you, everyone goes out late at night because right. the sun's, you know, scorching hot, so... So, the last one. So, you have been away which you have in the past Mm -hmm. so you've been away for let's just say six months from orlando and you touch down and you feel the sweat or the the humidity as you come off the plane so what is the restaurant that you would go to that you've missed the most that's not your own where would you go and get something to eat Oh, my goodness. I think it has to be uniquely Florida. I, I would always say Chinese food for me. It's like my go-to comfort food being from my parents are from New York, so we just always grew up with Chinese takeout. But, uh, you know, you come to Orlando. When we brought Chef CJ here, it was just like go get a Cuban sandwich. 
go get some rice and beans. I don't know. It's when you get here, it's just like get some good rice and beans and roast chicken. Uh huh. I love it, and it doesn't. I'll tell everyone my my favorite spot, which is not chef driven at all. It's La Granja. It's a La Granja is like a chicken and rice rotisserie chicken and rice place. <laughs> Where now, is I think it? they're a franchise. There's a few around town, but if you hop on out of the airport, you take 436 all the way down to Aloma. It's like boom right there. Uh-huh. Literally, when we got back from Hawaii, that was the first spot we went to. Okay. Yeah, Moho chicken rice mm-hmm. beans, black beans, plantains. I was like. I'm in Florida. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is something that it's so funny that you say that because like there is a certain feeling that you get, especially when you've been away for a while, that when you step off the plane and you're in it, that humidity hits you. It's like, oh, like I'm home. I love it. Yeah. And it's like comfortable. It's just it's it's something weird. Growing up and, you, you know, there's always those smoke fires like, you know, those like that smell of smoke mm-hmm. and then the humidity. <laughs> I don't know that that <laughs> I takes you home. Takes me home. <laughs> Smell of swampy water, and that's and, and that's a, and, and that's a drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you, Chef Mike, for hanging out with us and letting us uh, get a glimpse of Soseki. I think I uh, I plugged oh. everything. <laughs> so you can uh, learn more about Soseki. Yeah, in the show notes. So it's uh, SosekiFL.com, right? SosekiFL.com. And we'll have Taglish it in the show notes. SosekiFL.com, yeah. PerlusPizzas.com, MikeColantis.com, <laughs> and 86media, uh, dot, 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 three more restaurants by the end of the year. Who's going to help me out here? <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? When, when are we doing this hot dog thing? Right? Yeah, the hot dog thing is next. 2022? Let's do it. So, and also, guys, go to our um, socials uh, at this point. It's all about the bun, you know? <laughs> it is. That's Stay what home. I in that restaurant. It's all about the bun. Yeah. You've got to steam the bun. And That's you have to have a quality bun. And you got to throw kimchi on it. I never had kimchi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's coming up soon. It's already in the works. It's funny you said that, too. So, I was like, so yeah, go check out our uh, TikTok, our Instagram, because at this point, when this podcast release, we'll have a TikTok on Taglish. So you can check out uh, the food at Taglish. And I'm sure we'll have uh, Perlos soon and uh, maybe a glimpse of Soseki in the future. So We'd love to have you guys over. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, until next time, bye. bye. Chef Mike, you can say bye, too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at Orlando Out of Context. Instagram is where you can connect and interact with us as well as see photos and videos related to this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio.